This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to the Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And today's show uh, of The Soul's Journey is called In the Teeth of Heros, which I will explain in a bit. Uh, Primarily, uh, the bulk of the show will be about uh, Sharon, which is, and Pluto. Uh, Sharon is Pluto's moon, and in Greek mythology, Sharon is the ferryman to the underworld. So Pluto is the lord of the underworld, and Sharon uh, is the one who gets you there. So I'm going to talk about that, and uh, this is inspired by the recent uh, photos of Pluto and its moon. That's very exciting, as of about a week ago. Um... I'm also, at the top, going to do a brief karmic profile of Hillary Clinton. I wanted to do that last week, and then my prep for my trip uh, just kind of took over, and so we ended up doing a a rerun last week. And to start off, I want to do some announcements and then do a really brief uh, uh, Vancouver uh, BC overview or or rundown. First announcement, the uh, winner of the first monthly drawing for a free reading on the air is Anna Steely. And so congratulations, Anna. Um, And to everybody else, thank you for entering. You can enter next month by writing me, tom at tdjacobs.com, with the subject line TSJ monthly drawing. So what's going to happen is Anna is going to be on the show next week and get a, a reading for the full show, a free reading anything that she wants to ask, and I'm opening this up every month till further notice, so anybody can write me, tom at tdjacobs.com, with the subject line, TSJ Monthly Drawing. If you do some other subject, it'll get lost in the mix, so that's why why I ask you to to be specific with that. Receive quite a lot of of emails, especially because of the show. Um, So let's start with some announcements, and uh, first I'm in uh, Burnaby, British Columbia. I did a three-day metaphysical expo at the Peony Forum, and today is Wednesday the 22nd, and I got here Thursday afternoon on the 16th. I literally haven't stopped with work since I got here. (laughs) I got here um, in the afternoon, did prep for the fourth and final processing trauma and grief uh, channeled call, which happened Thursday night, and then I had this intense overnight dream that was like a 10-hour movie, such that when I woke up, I thought the dream was real, and waking up in my friend's healing room in Burnaby, British Columbia, was a dream. Really disoriented, I just slept, but I was also conscious the whole time having the story played out about grief, so it was really intense. And then I did three days of this metaphysical expo, which was great. I met many, many people. Uh, got some programmed crystals into people's hands. I did almost 30 energy work sessions, 
and or astrology readings. I think it was more than half energy work sessions. So that many people met Metatron's energy in the booth for 15, you know, 16, 17 minutes. During the astrology readings, a bunch of people met Jehudi. <laughs> he sent a master. How he does astrology is how I do astrology. So a lot of people were really amazed at the depth and relevance of the readings and the energy work that they got. And uh, it was really a beautiful experience to see people uh, get kind of, um, some of them kind of woken up to something that they knew was true, but needed to embrace and other people exposed to new info. The energy work at the end is the best. Like when I look at their faces, at what was happening and what they're experiencing at the end of the energy work session, that's the best. They meet their guides, they meet my guides, the Ascended Master and the Archangel, and um, they're in their body in a new way. They draw the energy of the earth, they meet the earth. So that was really, really great. Um, that was three days. Also including two half-hour lectures, uh, one of them on success with affirmations, talking about intentionally dealing with the parts of you that disagree with the wonderful affirmation that you're doing. Meaning, in my work, affirmations are intended to stir what doesn't, what part of you doesn't want to do that affirmation. This is why people don't sometimes succeed with them. Um, so I did a lecture on that, and that was really great. And the next uh, lecture was on thriving with programmed crystals. These are going to be available through my site uh, in the next week or two as I get caught up with, uh, with all the administrative stuff with the trip. Um, and during that, I did a demonstration. During the crystals talk, I did a demonstration, and I held, I handed out first two Auralite 23 pieces and two jet pieces that are uncharged to people in the audience and had them hold the piece during the whole time. So about 25 minutes of the half hour, they held this. While I talked... I had two other Auralite 23 pieces and jet pieces in my left hand. And while I talked, I programmed them. I put energy into them. Now, because I wasn't focusing on it, it wasn't as strong as possible. It wasn't like sitting with 20 crystals in my lap and really focusing with both hands and all of my energy field. But even just that, they noticed a difference. At the end of the talk, I handed out the charged ones to those people, and they felt energy start, you know, hand tingling, energy shooting up the arm, throat opening, heart swirling. They felt the energy of it, so I was able to demonstrate um, with two crystals I haven't even worked with energetically yet, Auralite 23 and Jet. Those aren't even available right now. Um, but people were able to notice that after holding it for almost a half an hour. And then just picking up for a few seconds the one that I had programmed for about 20 minutes. So it was a really great experience to, to, show, to show them that. Again, those recordings are going to be available through tdjacobs.com soon. Other announcements. So, yeah, I'm in. Uh, oh, hey. I, also, so that was Friday through Sunday. Monday night, I did a channeling event at my friend Tezza's house. Uh, through her meetup here, which is Akashic Records with Teza. If you're in the Vancouver area, check it out. There's quite a large community of people coming together to do all this kind of healing work, and Teza's amazing and fantastic and open-hearted and generous, but also very Plutonian and Scorpio in the good way. She's going to be, uh, we're going to do an interview uh, as part of a show coming up. While I'm here, we're going to record something. Um, she's a Scorpio with Neptune on it, but also this really generous, open-hearted energy that, that's really uh, beautiful. Really tapping into that Neptune energy in a positive way. 
so what oh yeah so the channeling event sorry a little distracted there's so much going on a small group came over and i channeled ascend a master jehudi which i haven't done without metatron in quite a while um maybe even since six months ago when i was here at her house doing the last channeling event like this small group event there's a teaching and then people can ask the Ascended Master questions. I used to do that quite often. I rarely do it now. And uh, that MP3 is definitely available. Uh, go to the store page on tdjacobs.com and you'll see um, uh, channeling and recorded talks. And you click on that menu item, you'll jump down the page. It's one of the first ones in the list. And uh, that was actually really exciting. Um, some people, the energy in the room got so intense, some people's head kept falling, even though they weren't falling asleep. Like it just, they needed to relax and surrender. So some people were on the floor by the end. And uh, it's normal that somebody sleeps and somebody did uh, sleep a little bit. And um, the person next to her kept nudging her awake. So I, when I was have my eyes closed and channeling, I kept hearing this rhythm, <laughs> the snoring and then the bumping and the waking up. And this, it was funny. It was great. Um, it was a really great event. It's um, almost 100 minutes of this event, and it's on power of bo body, power of mind, power of heart. The idea is that balancing all three parts leads us to spirit. If we don't balance all three aspects of self and go straight for spirituality, then we're not grounded. We're not open-hearted. We're not having our minds surrender. And it's the same idea with... Um, the affirmations if you do an affirmation and a part of you comes up that disagrees with it that's your mind taking over and so you can't head toward a higher vibration spiritually as with a wonderful affirmation if you are not having mind body and heart balanced in a certain way so Jehudi explains all that in a really really intriguing way it's really kind of inspiring way. I, I had no idea what he was going to do, except I knew the title of the talk. So check that out through tdjacobs.com. So I'm in uh, Burnaby for the rest of the week. I'm leaving on Monday, the 27th, and going to Portland, Oregon. If you're in Vancouver or Burnaby or this area and you want a live reading, I'm doing them in Burnaby, contact me, tom at tdjacobs.com, to set that up. When I get to Portland, I'm also doing readings. And I'll be doing them during the week. And then on Saturday, May 2nd, uh, let me just pull up the little flyer here. I'm doing a Relationships and Boundaries workshop, Meditation Energy Work Channeling workshop. Saturday, May 2nd, 3 to 5 p.m., Yoga on Yam Hill in uh, southwest Portland. Uh, really exciting <laughs> workshop. I love doing the boundaries thing because everybody gets to see that what they're doing in their relationships is actually about them. They think it's responding to the other, but the other, in fact, is only reflecting what they're doing. So, so it's a great, it's a great time. I love doing that one. Again, Saturday, May second, three to five p.m. Yoga on Yam Hill, Southwest Yam Hill Street in Portland. And then the next day, uh, Sunday, May third, Heart Opening and Clearing Workshop, one to three p.m. Flow Hot Yoga on Northeast Twelfth in Vancouver, Washington, just over the river in northern Vancouver. So this trip was actually two Vancouver's and a Portland. I thought that was that was catchy. Um, anyway, so it's a heart opening clearing workshop. And uh, I've done this before, but no matter how many times you do it with me, it's 
clearing deeper things and opening you in deeper ways. So those are those are the events uh, scheduled uh, for the Portland trip. Again, those dates are May 2nd and 3rd, and I'll be in town from uh, May 20, April 27th, doing readings that week, leaving again on Monday, May 4th. So let's jump into um, to uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, just a brief overview. Let me give you her birth data. October 26th, 1947, Chicago, Illinois. And the time is sometimes disputed, um, but I like the 8.02 a.m. chart, as you'll hear in a moment. It's the one that's always resonated with me. Uh, you know, regarding her uh, karmic, uh, and you can find that online. It, it's readily available. Uh, some people seem to use an 8 p.m. birth time with a late Gemini rising. I cannot buy that. Look at her. She's not Gemini rising. She's Scorpio rising. <laughs> um, just look. Your eyes will, t will tell you. Um, uh, yeah, when I, when I looked at her chart a few uh, years ago, um, I guess maybe when she was running for the nomination against now President uh, Obama, uh, I, I looked and I saw this, yeah, South Node in Scorpio near the Ascendant, conjunct Jupiter and uh, Sagittarius, conjunct you know Mercury and Venus, and this kind of like powerhouse Scorpio first house signature, first house Ascendant signature. And then also, just as importantly, Mars, Pluto, Saturn square the nodal axis from Leo in the ninth, from, the top, from uh, near the top of the chart. Um, these, these things do describe uh, her, her energy and how she shows up. Um, and if you're following how I do astrological stuff and karmic analyses as described in the Soul's Journey trilogy, uh, you'll know that I, I use Mars as the traditional south node ruler for Scorpio. So we've got the Scorpio south node on the ascendant, but then we've also got Mars conjunct Pluto square it. So we have kind of a really uh, intense layering of the soul's intention that she learned more about power. South node in the first house or on the ascendant indicates independence and leadership and taking charge of things. Uh, that's one of the possibilities here. In Scorpio, it's all about power. It's all about power. Uh, Mercury here, uh, savvy, shrewd excellent with um, communications, including propaganda. Uh, Mercury retrograde, conjunct that south node ruler, says that, that there's a, the need to rethink why certain things are communicated, how they're communicated, and where the information comes from. Venus conjunct the south node in the 12th, there's an ability to work with people and even to be deeply intuitive about people and, and what they're experiencing. Jupiter and Sagittarius in the first conjunct that south node, a great deal of faith and belief, and also it adds to the idea of propaganda, because um, Jupiter is um, image and self-confidence, but it's also um, sometimes selling. It's also sometimes presenting a, a story to tell you something, to inspire you to, uh, to want to do something. I'll talk about the transiting Saturn over that in a moment, because um, transiting Saturn now uh, in early Sagittarius is going to pass over that Jupiter back into Scorpio and go within a few degrees of that south node. So over the next few months, now that she's announced her candidacy, you know, that she will seek the, the Democratic uh, Party nomination here in the U.S. for U.S. president, she's going to have some Saturn going over that, <laughs> that south node. 
but the square to the nodes, Pluto, Mars, Saturn, and also the asteroid Argensuri. Mars is will. Pluto is what we think power is and how we go about trying to get it. Saturn is authority, being in charge, maturity. Argensuri is conscience, our relationship to our inner wisdom, where we go when we have questions. We're going to put a, a pin in that for a moment and come back after the first break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. Stick with me. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com uh, talking to you today from Burnaby, British Columbia. Right now doing a um, karmic profile of Hillary Clinton talking about the squares to the nodes from Leo. The Pluto and Leo message from the soul is, and this is all the births from about 1937-38 to 1957-58, meaning there are some people at the beginning and end who are going to be in you know, Cancer or Virgo, but uh, the, the signs, you know, adjacent to Leo, but almost all those people, right? Uh, definitely, if you're if you're born in the uh, in the 40s, and uh, as she is in 1947. So Pluto is this mission to become empowered that the soul sets out for the human. I call it the soul's empowerment journey. But the soul is, doesn't need empowering. It intends the human figure out what what power, strength, and confidence are. So those people with Pluto and Leo are in this position to learn how to express the self and how to leave a signature on the world, how to own an opinion or a point of view, how to express it, and how to be seen as the person who has that opinion. 
So self-expression and, and saying what they think, saying what they believe is really important. And also this is Pluto in the ninth for her. So it is about belief. It's about ideals and it's about principles. It's about capital R right, you know, and capital W wrong. And capital, I almost did a capital R right, capital W truth, capital T wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, she really needs to do something about what she believes. Now, that's Pluto and Leo in the ninth. Pluto with Mars, I really, really, really need to do something about what I believe. I need to fight for what I believe. Pluto with Saturn, Saturn's about doing as well, but it's about the long-term process. It's about goals and the future. It's about working hard now. It's about being an authority figure. When I looked at her chart a few years ago, I saw this and said, wow, she, because it's square the nodes, it means there's an unresolved issue about what power, strength, authority, and being in charge are, and what, what the fight will cost, and what you'll get from the fight. There's an unresolved issue about that. Maybe she knows four or five out of the seven or eight key things that would, be, that would yield success, or lead to health and happiness. In this case, the fight over ideals. And when I looked at it a few years ago, I said, she's never going to be satisfied until she is absolutely on top. And then, she didn't get the nomination. And then she was appointed Secretary of State. And the whole time I'm thinking, she's never going to be happy until she is absolutely in charge of, of everything. I'm kind of being a smart aleck, but she's not going to be in charge, the second, you know, not, not going to be happy being a second banana, right? Even if she were offered vice president, you know, to run on the ticket for vice president, that would never serve her because of this karmic issue, the need to fight your way to the top. Saturn, Pluto, Mars, and, and Leo. Now, if you're in this age group and you say, well, I have that, realize the chances that you're aggressive are actually pretty low with it because what happens karmically is you're going to attract fights. <laughs> and there, there are a couple or three different ways of coming out on the other side of that. One is... I'm never going to stop till I win, king of the hill, queen of the hill. Another is, wow, I really hate fighting. I'm done. <laughs> and, that's, and so if you're listening to this and you have the signature, that's probably more likely what you have because you're, you're trying to heal from many lives, having your sense of willpower being defeated by something else who was stronger or some, something who was stronger or somebody perhaps even Hillary Clinton in a past life herself, <laughs> you know, uh, thumb wrestling you in that roadhouse, <laughs> you know, like arm wrestling you in that, uh, in that, uh, in that bar. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she won. Um, anyway, so now when I look at this, I see, you know, years later, she's not announced her, her, her candidacy for the nomination, right. For her party's, uh, nomination. And I see that, again, there's that spirit in there, but I look at her and I can see that she has aged. Obviously, it's been, what, six, six or seven years, uh, you know, since then, you know, since I had this first thought when looking at her chart. So she's older. I know she's feeling it, right? She's in her late 60s right now, mid to late 60s. And, um, but there's still that energy in there, Mars, Pluto, Saturn, and Leo. So she is going to fight for whatever it is that she wants and or believes in, and they're, they can be together, but sometimes they may not be. 
Um, they probably are, though, with it in the ninth house, this house of idealism and belief. But anyway, she's going to fight until she can't. And she will never accept, you know, not being the top, you know, queen of the hill. But it's possible that she will not win because her soul needs her to experience defeat and change her mind about it. That's the mission here, is to change her karma, change her beliefs about what defeat means, what it means when she doesn't win. So anyway, God bless everybody, and God bless Hillary Clinton, and um, I, I wish her well. It's going to be interesting to watch this fold out. And you know, Now transiting Jupiter, stationed not that far from Mars-Pluto, now it's passing over. So they need to believe more fully in that, but that might exacerbate the level of belief she has in the fight. And then also transiting Saturn, going over the Jupiter, and then touching the south node. This is going to be about really evaluating what she believes and really evaluating realistically what's actually happening. The practical day-to-day -day stuff that's coming up is all these, um, you know, because she's now in the spotlight even more harsh core because she's announced her candidacy, every little thing is going to be evaluated. She used uh, work or personal email for, for State Department purposes, you know, this kind of this, this stuff. And she did this and she did that. That's going to continue. Set, Saturnian nitpicking to try to disempower her or strip her of the veneer that she's authentic and has uh, any kind of credibility. That's Saturn passing near the south node in Scorpio. So that's going to continue for her. Anyway, I'll talk more about her and also other candidates as we, uh, as we get closer to the, uh, you know, to the race actually beginning. I want to move on to um, Sharon and Pluto. I want you to uh, look up the pictures of this my my girlfriend said it looks like um when you overcook like pluto itself when you overcook an egg and the sulfur comes out and it's like dark green and yellow that's exactly what it looks like but go but go do a search and look up these pictures if you haven't already just to get a visual of this uh tiny planet that has so much uh impact in our in our soul's journeys I want to talk about this mythology a little bit, but I want to talk more about the relationship of the two bodies orbiting together. I, I suspect this, is, this has come up in the conversations over the years in the IAU, the International Astronomical Union, and it has not settled in this particular direction. I think it will settle in as it being a double planet, right? Two bodies that are orbiting each other, therefore creating kind of a center of gravity between them, double planet. Even though Sharon is smaller, uh, they seem to be doing this. And then they're both orbiting the sun. So that would be the first double planet in our solar system, first dual planet. What, what this, I want you to look at this. A, <laughs> Pluto, Hades, right? The lord of the underworld. The place that nobody wants to go, but eventually everybody has to go. And sometimes... Some heroes have gone and come back. But then occasionally, you know, an innocent maiden goes and gets trapped. Persephone or Proserpine. So the place that we fear, the place of unending torture, right? The place where, you know, it's like Agony Central. <laughs> it's like Agony HQ, pain, agony, suffering HQ. In the way that I do evolutionary astrology, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to other evolutionary astrologers, uh, in particular uh, Jeff Green and Steve Forrest, for 
developing a conversation on Pluto, which takes it deeper, which takes our understanding deeper into the place where we need to go. As I was working with those concepts, then I started working with Ascender Master Jehudi, also known as Thoth and St. Germain and Merlin, on how to add to the story. And that's what I've been doing. And again, the Soul's Journey Trilogy, one, two, and three, the three books on Amazon and Kindle all over the world, also through available through tdjacobs.com. That goes deeper into how I work with Pluto in a new way, in a way that, that extends what, um, what uh, Jeff and Steve had been doing. The way I work with it, it's the empowerment journey, as I just talked about with Clinton, that the soul intends a human experience. What humans do is we attach our definition of power and therefore our ability or willingness to feel confident on an external reality. What is power to you? Sit down and make a list. This is a good Pluto exercise. What is power to you? Who has power? What does it mean to have power? What do you have to do to get it? What does it cost to take power? What does it cost to keep it? What happens when power goes away? All these kinds of questions have a cycling through human, the, you know, the, the emotional and psychological development of humans over history. Actual, true power is complete, total, utter, unflinching self-knowledge and complete, utter, total, unflinching self-acceptance. Sounds like needing to do shadow work, and it is. Looking at all the parts of us that contain unattractive and destructive emotions and loving them, that is true power. Because then you have an altered relationship with fear. So as I mentioned with Clinton, she's got to eventually change her mind about what it means if she loses. Because self-confidence and power is not in getting the office. It's in owning energy. It's in owning all parts of yourself and accepting how you're wired without reservation. Because then you know exactly how you tick and what you would do. And there's no more race. There's no more fight. So the Plutonian thing, we need to go into it to own our power, which creates passion or, or unlocks passion and identifies a clear sense of purpose that a human can have for his or her life. But Pluto represents our fears of powerlessness or fears of turning out to be powerless and our fears of disempowerment, losing power, feeling not powerful. So what are we supposed to do? We're afraid of this thing we have to do to spiritually develop. <laughs> to spiritually develop, we have to get rid of the um, appearance of external power. We have to alter our relationship with and shed attachment to external power and own all of our energies because then we're vibrating self-love in the deepest possible way. Plutonian self-love is the deepest possible vibration of self-love. Because it says, yeah, I have part of me that's angry, part of me that doesn't like this, part of me that's critical. Yeah, there's a, a portion of my consciousness that would do destructive mischief. I, was, I, I said this in the, uh, I didn't want to say it, but I felt guided to say it. So I said it in one of the talks over the weekend and um, at the expo. And 
a couple people in the audience, their jaws dropped, and I was like, oh, man, I lost them. But I didn't. But <laughs> but um, a few weeks ago, I was riding my bike in Tucson on the uh, river bike path next to where I live, and there were people, uh, yeah, a couple guys in their teens, late teenagers, um, sitting on this the fence overlooking the little slope that goes down to the wash. It's kind of steep. You can you can climb it if you're if you're goat like if you're Capricorn like. Um, and part of me wanted to push them off as they rode by. Just this mischievous, uh, mischievous juvenile delinquent. And I just said, yeah, I know I want to. And it was so enticing just to watch them fall. This is terrible. But I said, yeah, okay, that's right. Part of me wants that, and I kept going. So to, to even own the things that parts of us want to do that would hurt others, own that part, love that part, but realize we don't have to be afraid of it because we can choose whatever we behave. We can choose how we behave. We can choose what to do. So we have to go into, if we want to be spiritual, we can't sit around and chant Om and hope for the best. We can't imagine colors in our, in our upper chakras and call on our spirit guides to help us manifest red wagons and red bicycles. That is not spirituality. Real spirituality is being grounded in the body. This is one of the things that Jehudi goes into from this event on Monday, the power of mind, power of body, power of heart event. Real evolution is, you know, that, that whole structure of that event, as I mentioned, you can't go towards spirituality if your relationship with your body and mind and heart is not uh, balanced. If your mind is always coming in, it's criticizing and fearing. If your body's always coming in, you're doing without noticing. If your heart's always coming in imbalanced, then you're feeling without it being grounded and without understanding why you're feeling. So if you want to tap into the passion that you have deep within you, if you want to do what you came here to do, you have to go down this plutonium path. But we fear it because it hurts and it represents, in fact, and calls up in our energy fields, in our etheric bodies, what has gone wrong in other lives. So past life pain, other life fears and pain are triggered when we do Pluto work. I can tell you with Pluto and Virgo to make a choice to be of service. And then I'll tell you that some lives you feel trapped, you feel like you don't have a choice. And I can say three other sentences after those two that will take you deep into the place where this plutonian fear, I might never get out of this. I might be trapped for the rest of my life being of service to something I don't want to serve. You know, that's why I can do a 15-minute reading at an expo or even a 20-minute Soul's Journey soundbite and really touch people because this Pluto thing, you can push this button and I know exactly how to do it when I see someone's chart. So the Pluto thing, we have to do it. But we don't want to because we don't know we're stronger than pain or fear that we have. We haven't learned that true Plutonian power is internal. If there's grief or trauma, fear, if there's abuse, all different kinds of things that we were doing with these four processing trauma and grief, intense, empowering transformative energy work mp3s that are available for you to use also dealing with the programmed onyx which take us into this place too push to the surface what hurts so we can grow and love our way through it to become empowered that's the focus of where i'm headed with all this work now is this plutonian empowerment 
but we don't want to go there because we don't want to get lost. So I feel jealous. Well, I, I don't really want to feel it because I, I think it'll take over. I feel anger. Well, I mean, that's, that's not good. That's not healthy. I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm supposed to get rid of that, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling depressive. I have grief. I just want to cry all day. I don't want to go into it fully because I don't want to get lost there. So now we have pictures, a new visual of the, the, what is considered at this point the moon of Pluto, Charon, the ferryman to the underworld. When you decide that you are stronger than your pain and your fear, you have a way to come out of being immersed in the underworld. This is critical. This is huge. Now, this, this has been that way, and it's, not, it's been a while since... Uh, so Pluto was discovered in 1930, and it was in, I want to say, 78 that Charon was discovered and named, which is, of course, a year after Chiron was discovered and named, 1977. And uh, after the second break, go deeper into the Charon-Pluto relationship. Stick with me on the soul's journey. This is Tom Jacobs. I'll be right back. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to the soul's journey. This is your pal Tom from tdjacobs.com. I'm typically on the earth. Well, it's so typical of Tom to be in Tucson, Arizona. Right now I'm in Burnaby, British Columbia, uh, next to Vancouver. And next week I'll be in Portland, Oregon and Vancouver, Washington. You can catch up, catch up with me here as well as in Portland area uh, for uh, live readings. And on May 2nd and 3rd, you can get info on my site calendar. I'll be doing events in uh in the Portland area, meditation energy work events that are great and you want to check out if you're in the area. The show in the teeth of Haros, this phrase means to be near death or gravely ill or very deep or very seriously injured. You know, as though the ferryman to the underworld has a grip on you and he's about to take you across the river into the underworld and crossing realms. We don't want to go into Plutonian territory because we don't want Charon to get us, right? Heros is the modern Greek equivalent to Charon. Different people are going to say that differently, by the way. When I first saw it, I said Charon, 
or Charon because of Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. Then I look it up and it says it's pronounced Sharon, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I might go back and forth. So periodically I'll spell it so you know what I'm doing, <laughs> so you know what I'm referring to. So we don't want to go into that territory because we don't want to get lost. But here, with your Pluto in your natal chart, is the ferryman, Sharon. So you can choose to come back, but you have to decide to be willing to go there, meaning you have to decide that you are willing to open to feel Plutonian pain in order to move through it. You must go to the underworld. You, you have to. You will never be empowered. You will never do what you came to this earth to do if you let Plutonian fears run you. And you cannot get through them through talking or through doing something minor or something that, that your brain says, well, that would be an appropriate compromise because I don't want to have to do this other thing. No, 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 no. You have to be willing to feel it. And this is the point of those four processing trauma and grief MP3s and the programmed onyx that go with them. This is the point. You have to do it. But <laughs> you don't have to get lost. So the symbolism of this, uh, what I'm tending to be inclined to want to call this double planet, you know, this double planet or dual planetary system, this, the, the Pluto Charon sort of orbiting each other while Charon's smaller, and then them orbiting the sun together in your chart is the key to coming back. Being willing to feel, loving your way through it, that sets the ferryman back. So uh, it said that certain heroes can have, have, in Greek mythology, have gone to the underworld and come back, right? So certain heroes have gone with Sharon to the underworld, done their business, done their heroic dealios, and then come back on the ferry. But what we need to get, what I want you to get, really understand and drink in, is that the stories of the heroes in Greek mythology, this idea of these people who are very special, well, not everybody's a hero. In fact, every person's on a heroic journey. Every person must, you know, so to speak, slay some dragon or climb some mountain or go on some fantastical quest. And all mythological figures represent portions of the psyche. So all of those heroes are you. Every single one of them is within you, and every single person is challenged to develop a heroic bent regarding dealing with this Pluto stuff. With the group of people who did the uh, trans uh, processing trauma and grief MP3s with me, the, the live calls, people were talking about something from the past that was really intense coming up and being real now, even a memory from 30, 40, 50 years prior. And the, the people realizing it was important, but not realizing how much it had impacted the person they've become, the people they've become. Mine, mine was that way. A two-year-old, I connected with a two-year-old in a way that said, oh my gosh, my the 40 years since then have been shaped around what happened to me when I was two. Oh, you know, I knew it was important, but I had just constructed a story in my mind that prevented me to, to explain it or reference it that 
prevented me from connecting with the emotional reality. Another client talked about uh, being having a, a situation with her mom when she was a kid. Well, this woman's you know this woman's an adult. She's she's in her fifties, and this thing was really loud and up and on the surface and real. And I kept telling people, decide you're willing to feel it. <laughs> And decide that you know, because you can generate love, you can, you, that you are stronger than pain or fear that you may carry or that may come up. And the people that I've heard from who did these MP3s are having that experience. And they are feeling free because they have decided they're willing to feel what we typically think of as dark and negative and debilitating, they're loving their way through it. They're opening their heart in the middle of this pain, giving themselves the space to feel what they feel and coming back from the underworld. Now, in one sense, the whole journey to the underworld, the whole journey to your own Pluto configuration, or, or getting into the emotions associated with it, it's fear. We carry fear. We don't want to do it. It's this looming sense of these dark clouds on the horizon. I, I don't want to go there. So the, the journey to get there is long and arduous because we resist. Once you're there, it's deep and arduous because all these intense, intense, fiery uh, you know, emotions from the emotional body's inner chasms like well up and ah, the demons are flying around and the fire is licking, you know, flames are licking you. you know, and it's intense. And you get grounded, you get in your body, and you decide you're stronger than pain and fear, and you're here for a good reason, and it's okay. And then you adapt and adjust. And then the thing is, when you come back from the underworld, when you come back from dealing intensely with your Pluto stuff, you have a sense of relief because you've altered your relationship with the fear you had to go there in the first place. The fear that prevented you for decades and or lifetimes from going there in the first place. So the one feeling is freedom. The other feeling is, yes, there's a, there's a kind of gravity because you can never go back to some state of innocence that existed before you saw what was most intensely real and hurtful to you. <laughs> this reminds me of something from a, a conversation with a client a couple years ago. who's a, a woman with Pluto in the 12th who had identified with being depressed and really felt pessimism and a sense of loss of faith in general. And I, I could relate to that with my own Pluto in the 12th. Hers is in Virgo, mine's in Libra. But I, but I got it. You know, I understood it, and we talked at length about it uh, regarding her own personal experiences. And she said to me, okay, so if I'm, if I'm supposed to own this and be okay with this and live through it and be okay, well, how do I not um, essentially spoil everyone else's day <laughs> you know how can i still be out here in the world if i'm in this space and i said to her we coexist with these feelings but then choose joy choose enjoyment choose pleasure choose something that makes us laugh and and the the image that came i i will remember it probably for a very long time the image from her guides that came was um go to the park and watch a child eat an ice cream cone. You'll you'll enjoy that. That will be enjoyable. And you will still feel what you feel. You'll still have this sense of what's going on deep within you, 
that's been hard to face and has been torturous to live with. But go out and be in the world and enjoy being there. It almost makes watching a kid eat an ice cream cone richer because you've seen something beyond difficult. And so Sharon represents with, it's moving with Pluto. They're kind of orbiting each other. It's not just the underworld. It's the path to and from the underworld. And if you're going to read about Sharon, you're going to see that uh, he's, he's depicted with wild eyes or hollow eyes or crazy eyes or something. You know, he's ragged, he's dirty. Um, this is just, you know, writer's descriptions of what it must be like to be the person who keeps going to the underworld. When you sit down, get in your body, breathe the energy of the earth up in your body, open your heart, clear your heart, clear yourself of energies that don't belong to you, decide over weeks that you're willing to feel. Then in weeks, decide you're going to start feeling, you know, allowing the feelings to come. But decide willingness is key. Willingness goes quite a long way. And then you're willing to open your heart, and then you're willing to go into that painful place, and from within that place, open your heart. This is, this is what these uh, MP3s are going to do. They're going to lead you into that process. So this is very exciting. The underworld and the path to and from it. It's not a one-way ticket. The sense of uh, foreboding of the thing I don't want to deal with, the pain is too intense, it may feel like a kind of death. And I want to tell you that Pluto in your birth chart does represent ways in different lives you may have died. It may represent that. And so when you say, yeah, I'm going to look at my Pluto thing, to some degree, a fear of death will come up. Because Pluto represents, as, the, as representing the process of becoming empowered, it naturally represents what has disempowered us in many lives. And that is in the emotional body. It's in deep, energetically in your field. I think of it sometimes as graffiti and scratches and dents on the emotional body. So yeah, it, it's intense and it hurts. And that process is not just can be, it is frightening. But are you what's happened to you? Are you what you fear? Are you the sum of your fears? Are you the sum of your experiences? Do you sum to the record of what has hurt you in the past? Are you even, if you're having information about other lives, are you those other lives? Are you the sum of what's happened to you across time? And my argument is you're not but you are the only person who can decide that and then you must decide it if you're going to be empowered. You are not what's happened to you in the past. You are not that fear of repeating that thing you don't want to happen again. That's not who you are. I can tell you a hundred times. I can tell you a thousand times. How many episodes of this 
show or podcast you can listen to. That's like 120 or 130 at this point. I could tell you on every single one for thousands of shows. But it's waiting, like actual empowerment, strength, is waiting for you to be willing to feel these things and move through them intentionally with love and understanding. Yeah. Right now, I am holding two pieces of unpolished blue kyanite. These two wands that I picked up at the expo. I happened to be right next to uh, a couple who owns a local uh, gem shop. So I'm holding these things, and all blue stones are said to be about uh, fifth chakra, you know, blue throat, all that stuff. Uh, so I'm holding these things, and I'm um, I'm just tapping into the energy of the the podium <laughs> that I've that I'm stand you know that I'm standing behind here. The the energy of this kind of intense lecture. This you know this this is part of my passion, and I intentionally picked the blue kyanite today. I usually have a labradorite piece when I do the show, as of the last few months, and labradorite helps me think clearly with sixth chakra and ground it in the third chakra. So grounding it with my body, and therefore I let my body guide what I do with instinct, or what I do with, uh, with intuition. Letting instinct and intuition work together. And over the last three or four months, I've used the, the Labradorite in almost all my readings and on the radio show. But I intentionally picked this today because I routinely work on surrendering in my fifth chakra to what's true for me. This is what we have to do. We have to surrender to what is capital T true. Now, the third chakra, the solar plexus in the belly, is the seat of personal power. And that can really get going when the first and second chakras below it are clean, you know. And I've used tiger iron uh, programmed for years to do that. But then when that third chakra is clear, self-confidence, then it's important to get up to the fifth chakra eventually to surrender self-confidence to a higher truth to surrender it to what uh, works best for us, you know, what is our, in our highest good. And I feel certain, I knew I was going to go into the Sharon Pluto stuff today, and I felt really clear that I wanted the blue kyanite. It's spelled K-Y-A-N-I-T-E, by the way. It's something I'm just starting to learn about, um, but it came up a bunch of times, and right before the trip, I realized I needed to get some, and then I ended up next to this vendor and bought some. Um, I knew we were going into this place today. And I could not be more impassioned and excited about you getting this Pluto story. <laughs> when my girlfriend told me that the um, she had seen the pictures of Pluto and she mentioned this thing about Charon, you know, being just smaller, but they're orbiting together, this idea of a double planet thing that may not be official as, a, you know, the the uh, official decrees of the IAU, but it seems, you know, it seems like it's going to get there eventually in my mind. She mentioned that, and this whole picture came into mind because I've been telling people, decide you're stronger than fear and pain. Decide that you're willing to love your way back from this terrible place. And she said that, and I said, God, I wish I had time to do something about this. So that's been a week and a half or a little over a week maybe. Uh, since that came up, because I have been uh, just busy with the trip. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Next week, Anna Steely, 
the winner of the uh, of the contest to you you know she's gonna have her chart done on the air for free. You can enter every month. Write me Tom at tdjacobs.com with the subject TSJ monthly drawing, and I'll be in touch. The last Wednesday of every month is the live show with the winner. Thanks for joining me. Read more about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Talk to you next week with Anna. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.